Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another episode of the Mystical Matchmaker Podcast. I'm your host, Marla Martinson, matchmaker, transformational life coach, energy healer, and tarot reader. And if you've joined me before, welcome back. And if you're new, thanks for um, tuning in. So I've got a really magical topic for us today and a great guest. But before we get started uh, with with the interview, I'm going to just read a little, as I usually do, from Louise Hay's Heart Thoughts, A Treasury of Inner Wisdom. So today's topic is I follow my inner wisdom. Work on doing what is right for you and getting in touch with your own inner voice. Your inner wisdom knows the right answers for you. Come from that wonderful, caring spot of your heart. Stay centered and love who you are. Know that you really are a divine, magnificent expression of life. No matter what is going on out there, you are centered. You have a right to your feelings. You have a right to your opinions. You just are. Work on loving yourself. Work on opening your heart. Sometimes it's scary to do that because the answers you get inside may be quite different from what your friends want you to do. Yet you know inwardly what is right for you. And if you follow this inner wisdom, you are at peace with your own being. Support yourself in making the right choices for yourself. When you are in doubt, ask yourself, am I coming from the loving space of my heart? Is this a decision that is nurturing for me? Is this right for me now? The decision you make at some later point, a day, a week, or a month later, may no longer be the right choice, and then you can change it. Ask in every moment, is this right for me? And I say, I love myself, and I'm making the right choices. So that's so important is to follow our inner wisdom. As um, working on the psychic hotlines, I get a lot of calls from women asking, you know, what what they should do about a relationship or what is this person is this person thinking about me? Are they coming back? Are they interested? I just met this person. Are they my, my soulmate? So it's giving too much power to the outside world, giving too much power to what someone else is going to do, if they're going to choose you, if they're going to come around, what are they thinking, getting inside their head, wanting to know timelines. And so that can really make us go go cuckoo, right? So centering ourselves, going within, and just knowing that everything is coming on divine timing. And we tend to want to rush it, uh, the women especially that call me, which is mostly women, it's like we want to know when, when, when. I get that question, when is he coming? When's Prince Charming coming? When? I want to know when. (laughs) So we are always in the now moment, and so just tuning into that is going to help a lot. So I am going to tell you about my guest today. Um, His name is Dimitri Moriatis. And he's the co-founder and spiritual director of Spiritual Arts Institute. Dimitri is an illuminated metaphysical teacher, healer, and co-author of numerous books, as well as co-creator 
uh, with Barbara Martin of the SAI programs, course curriculums, and numerous workshops. So he's super um, magical and mystical, and I'm going to bring him on to chat with us today about all things mystical. Hello, Dimitri. Well, hi. How are you? Hi, great. Welcome to my oh, podcast. Great. Thanks for joining us. All right. Well, in. thank you for having me. On. <laughs> thank you for having me on the show. <laughs> yes, and uh, we're going to talk a lot about the mystical stuff. Um, why don't you just give us a little background on yourself and how you became this uh, author of all these magical books and uh, a spiritual teacher? Well, again, thank you for having me on for the, our new book, Heaven in Your Spiritual Evolution. Um, I've been in yes. metaphysics about 30, 38 years or so since I was about five years old. <laughs> no. um, wow. Um, I, I had, I, originally in my journey, you know, everybody's journey is unique, of course. Uh, uh, mine started more in the artistic and the creative. I was a classical pianist and I was training in film and television and I came to California to strike out my fame and fortune, so to speak. And it was actually going pretty well. Um, but I was having what was I was calling these inspirational moments. The the I wasn't I didn't have the word metaphysics in my mindset yet. Um, so mm-hmm. I would have these kind of heightened moments of awareness, and they were very beautiful. They seemed to come of their own accord and leave of their own accord. Uh, but eventually, they got so strong. It really led to my spiritual awakening. I call it my Saul in the road to Damascus moment. Um, but even then, initially, I didn't understand, I didn't have a name for it. And then when I realized it was metaphysics, I couldn't get enough of it. And mm-hmm. um, about a year later, I was at a dinner party, and a friend of mine had invited me to it and said, you know, this woman is going to do a meditation. I'd not even started meditating yet. And it was Barbara. And she did this mm-hmm. meditation, and I felt like this ancient door opening up. Uh, and then afterwards, you know, I had a lot on my mind, and I started talking to her about everything that was, I was thinking. And I thought it was a nice conversation. She said I was interrogating her. But <laughs> um, basically, I realized she was talking from her own experiences, uh, and I said, this is the one I have to study with. So uh, I yeah. became her student, but right away we were both interested in in writing and um Clearly, she was, it was a very intense study right from the very beginning, so something else was going on. I thought in the beginning, okay, I'll, I'll help her build the center and all of that. We'll do the writing. But as, as we actually started to build the Center Spiritual Arts Institute, um, I realized, oh, she's also training me to be a teacher, um, you know, to carry on the torch, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, yeah. So that's what happened. We started the organization, the nonprofit, to give a home for all these teachings, we wrote books, we do the workshops, the training classes. Now, I have to spend a moment just talking about Barbara because truly, yeah. you're talking about a magical person. She is it. Um, she was basically born clairvoyant and quite, well, she, she was initially very well known as one of the world leading aura specialists because of the depth of how she could see the aura. Um, but literally at three years old, she was starting to see it. She said, I didn't know what it was. I just knew I was attracted yeah. to people that had beautiful colors and kind of almost scared with people I didn't. Um, she yeah. also started having some, you know, very basic out-of-body experiences. She said, look, I knew I wasn't dying. I knew I wasn't dreaming. 
they, I was taken to these simple but beautiful places. So she knew from a very young age there was a world beyond. Um, at 11, she was the, this was the Depression era, by the way, so there was no books or mm-hmm. anything about these subjects available. Um, uh, when she was 11, she joined a theater stock company, and the woman that was leading it uh, basically took her in privately one day and said, you can see the aura, can't you? And Barbara's mm-hmm. jaw dropped. She said, is that what it's called? She didn't even have a name for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she said, I can see the aura too. My mother and my grandmother were all hermetic scientists, and I'd like to teach you about your gifts. And she did. She started to help her interpret mm-hmm. and understand a little bit more about her clairvoyant talents. Interestingly enough, Barbara eventually came to California too. She got interested in the showbiz world. This was during the golden age of Hollywood. Uh, but the mm-hmm. inspiration strongly came in, no, your, your path is metaphysics. So she eventually studied mm-hmm. with another very profound mystic, but very secret, not on the lecture platform at all, this woman. Uh, but she prepared her to teach. And she said, you're going to be teaching about these things. You're going to be going on the airwaves. And again, this was even before Curly and photography. So, um, but eventually that's what happened. And she started her career in the South Bay of, uh, near the Los Angeles area. And then, again, some years later, I met her, and we, we were kind of building from there. So it's been quite a journey, um, and uh, every every day seems to be something new and exciting that's being revealed. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. She sounds like a, a Florence Scovel Shin, you know, the same type of a teacher, you know, the game of life and how to play it, yeah. you know, that metaphysician. Yeah. Oh, that I'm woman, not with I'm a her. big yeah, fan of some thought she was Helena Blavatsky, you know, because of her, oh, uh, her uh-huh. the presence, yeah. But but no, she's yeah. not, not Helena. <laughs> but no. that kind of uh, yeah, yeah. That kind of so, uh, teaching. Um, yeah. So so when 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 you opened up, um, you know, had your spiritual awakening. Would you say it was really pretty much through meditation? Like, what was that like for you? And then did your gifts psychic? Well, and, you know, the third eye. What opened for were, you? Well, it was really the higher states of awareness that opened up. But again, I didn't have a name for that. So, I, And that's mm-hmm. one of the things I appreciated so much about Barbara. She taught me what it was that's happening. What we share with people is, you know, um, you know, things like clairvoyance or telepathy or any of those, they are byproducts of the evolutionary process. And what you want to focus on is your actual spiritual growth. And as you tune into those higher vibrations, those other energies, you know, and gifts can open if it's your time to open. It's kind of like, you know, other talents. There's a timing for everything. Um, mm-hmm. But you don't, of course, you don't have to see the aura to work with it. But, yeah, meditation is absolutely essential to have that foundation of meditation because that's your one-on-one time with the divine. And then to apply it in your life, yeah. you have to live the things that you're preaching if you understand the laws of forgiveness, but you're not forgiving, what point is that, you know? Yes, absolutely. So um, so this new book, I've got some, so um, it's so exciting. So, so I've got some uh, topics that you covered yeah. in there, and I'd love to, yeah, go just sure. go, you know, go over a few because there's what, what great um, topics. Let's see here. So... Um, now these, so these topics that you've got in there, are these mm, answers that you came in 
through your higher awareness and meditation that were kind of downloaded to you or things that you've learned through spiritual teachers or kind of a combo? Well, let's, let's back up just a moment. So uh, this okay. new one, Heaven and Your Spiritual Evolution, is part yes. of a series of books that we've written on what we call the seven spiritual arts. So okay. we've written a book on the aura and meditation. We've written one on spiritual healing and divine energy, on karma and reincarnation, on the angels and mm-hmm. the archangels and the hierarchy. And this one <clears throat> is kind of a big picture of metaphysics. Technically, yes, you could say mm-hmm. it's a study of the other side, what lies beyond the physical okay. veil. But it's more yep. than that. It's how is the other side connected to your life here and now? Because the other side yeah. is not just for the day when we go home. We're getting inspiration from that right now. And it is the key to our whole evolution. Now, everything in all our books is based on the direct clairvoyant experience. Barbara shares stories in here from decades of her travel to the inner world. Yeah. So none mm-hmm. of this is indirect. It's all direct. And you have to mm-hmm. get inspiration mm-hmm. from the higher themselves who kind of flush things yeah. out and help us understand pieces because, you know, some, no matter what you may hear, we're not allowed to go everywhere on the other side, you know. So um, there, right. there are things that we need to rely on the inspiration to go. But it, we call it revealed yeah. learning. All of this is revealed. But we do try to collaborate with what is understood. There is a, you know, it's interesting as we were working on this, there is a rich history of tradition on heaven. We tend to think of heaven more maybe the, the Christian belief, but no, the, the, there's, mm-hmm. there's heavens in all traditions. Uh, it goes back to the Sumerians with the seven heavens and the seven earths. So um, understanding that this is a very ancient, beautiful study uh, that now we need to come to understand it during this time of our spiritual renaissance. Yes, absolutely. We need that more than ever right now and that, that connection. Now, I've done astral travel. Uh, it'll spontaneously happen at night in bed. I can't make it happen, but some once in a while mm-hmm. I'll just feel like a, mm-hmm. like a buzzing, like a motor has started in my body really, really strong, and then the, the uh, soul kind of lifts out for takeoff <laughs> and lifts up. Mm-hmm. So I've been out of body um, quite a few times, and you can see around out there, and, and the, the most, and, and like you said, we can't go everywhere, and I have only been, I think, like in the astral, so I'm out, like maybe in my house, or maybe out in the stars, I've been, the most interesting one, the last one, was I was sleeping in the living room on the couch, and I came out, I suddenly was out of body, I didn't even feel it, because I felt, my. I started yelling for my guy, Thomas, because my my spirit guide's name is Thomas, Thomas, Thomas. And I looked with my spiritual eyes, because this is in the astral, in the corner of the dining room, he was there all the way up so tall, up to the top of the ceiling, up on the, against the wall. And he was, I could see his face, and he was shining a light at me. And it was so incredible. Mm. Yeah. That's nice. That's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, well those, those are, you know, I mean, again, the astral world is the one right next to this. So, yes, mm-hmm. that does, that can definitely happen. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, that often, as you say, it can be involuntary. Or we have yeah. a talent. You evidently have sort of a, again, that is a talent, just like other things. And say, gee, I want to go out of my body. Um, you want to be careful about that, though, because if it's unattended, 
there are risks there. So we, we, we say, yes, it's, if you're taken out, it's one thing, but don't try to make it happen because, uh, um, you know, one lady told us about her out-of-body experiences and one time she was trying to come back and, you know, it was a spirit trying to fuss with her body. And she said, that's mm. it. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> you, know, you know, so um, but the inner plane work yeah. is, is different. In other words, mm-hmm. the earth, you can go out of your body and you're still basically on the, on the physical earth, but in your astral body. Like you said, I was in my room. You know, I saw, yeah, yeah you saw the spirits from the other side, but you were in a familiar place. Uh, that's different from what we call interplane journeys, where you are taken literally to the other side. Because the other side is mm. not just going out of your body here. As a matter of fact, yeah, right. some people, that's what we call those earthbound spirits, right? We call them ghosts. Mm-hmm. They, they, they've left their physical body, but they haven't left the earth plane. And uh, mm-hmm. we have to help those souls because they're kind of in limbo. They're not, they're not here. They're not there. They're sort of in this in-between state and uh if you ever sense that anyone listening you you always pray for those people and say follow the angels home you're done with your earth life now follow the angels home you know i had that experience myself yeah. in the house i lived in uh-huh yeah, i was just going to share i moved into yeah, 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 a, yeah, i moved into a uh, a probate house meaning the person who had lived in it had died there you know had died in the house went into probate um he died of Agent Orange, you know, from the Vietnam War era. So my first okay. night there, I'm, I'm sleeping on the living room floor. You know, nothing's even unpacked. And I wake up at yeah. dawn, and I see this man, you know, trying to strangle me. I mean, really oh. trying to give it to me, you know. And at first I'm thinking, God, this is one heck of a wild dream. Uh, then I realize I'm not dreaming. I'm wide awake here. And what is this apparition? You know, that's, it took a while to shake it. And then afterwards, I realized it was him. He was still in the house. He didn't realize he had died. And he saw me as an intruder. I was invading his home. He was thinking he was protecting him. We did prayer work for three days. Barbara helped out a lot uh, to finally get him to leave. The time to realize he had died and he has to go to the greater life. So what I don't understand about that is we all have our guardian angels. We all have our spirit guides. So we, why, why don't they... Uh, it seems strange that a human over here, we have to help them. Like their spirit guides there, their angels are there to help them. I, uh, yeah, but remember, it's wonder all why about they don't take them over. Uh huh. Well, they do try to, but they don't cooperate. Yeah. You know, again, nothing oh. is forced <laughs> here, right? So yeah, if your right. mind is so fixated on earth life, the reason we can be of help is because we are of the earth, and that's where their attention mm-hmm. is. They can't really okay. see the angels yet. They can't really connect with them yet. They're not, their mind, Barbara had an experience like this too. We live in, uh, now here in the San Diego area, and there's an old gold mining town not far from here. It hasn't been open, this mine hasn't been open for 80, 90 years. It's like a tour, go down and see where they were searching for gold. She went down there one time, and there was a guy still down there digging for gold. He had been there for oh God knows goodness. how many years. And she did, yeah. he did see her, and she saw him, and he helped, she helped him get out of there. But, again, the mind was fixated, I'm going to get rich, I'm going to get that gold. Gonna, you know, that's where the mind is focused. And if you're not aware of that, as, many, as a matter of fact, many who do cross over to the other side 
uh, after they pass on. Um, because if their mind is so fixated on earth, as, as, as I'm sure you may know, you know, there are places on the other side that are so much like earth, you do think you're on earth, and they think, well, wait a minute, mm-hmm. I see you, you see me, I'm not dead. And when they realize they're not right. where they think they are, they go into shock. And it takes a while for the mm. angels to kind of help them to calm down. This is often why there are the reunions. It's not just to regroup. It's, okay, if I saw the grandfather that I really love and I know he's dead, you know, and there he is right yeah. in front of me, he may he may be able to help me adapt to realize, yeah, you, you're, you're on the other side too now. And guess what? It's pretty nice over here. Oh, yeah. And what, it, you know, I've yeah. also experienced so many times is the sleep paralysis. And I feel somebody's holding me down. And sometimes I even, it's almost like I can feel their claws around my arms, you know. Uh, have you had that, you well, know, there is, about the sleep well, there paralysis? Is a lot of, well, it's interesting because the whole study of sleep is fascinating spiritually. Because in many ways, and we do have a chapter about this in the book that in many ways when we sleep we are closer to the world of spirit because we must remember we come from that world we're going back there and so we are as Talia de Chardin said we're not you know humans having a spiritual experience we're spiritual beings having this physical experience so at night when the mind is resting when the body is resting the soul can be active and there's actually a lot of spiritual regenerating that goes on during that time um, to refresh the soul spiritually, and believe it or not, there even times you may not remember this now, where you may even be taken out of your body to go to the inner world to get some blessings or healing, whatever it is that you need, they bring you back. You don't remember the experience, but you do feel refreshed the next morning. Now, one thing we do share, since you brought this up, um, is you want to think of your bedroom as like a sanctuary space. And that it's good to bless your bedroom with divine light, put protect spiritual protection around you because, yes, if you are opening up, you know, to relax, and if there's any energies that are not so wonderful, uh, you want to make sure none of that's around you so you do get a, a good night's rest. Uh, so we do a whole kind of little ritual before we ask our students to do before bedtime uh, to just prep the bedtime, you know, for the spiritual blessings that may come at night and also to help them just get a really good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great, great, uh, great idea. And um, depend also, um, I, you know, they talk about the electronics. It's not like I, I always have had a TV in my bedroom and there's a lot of electronic mm-hmm. stuff around now too, but I use a lot of black tourmaline and I like to sleep. When I started sleeping with crystals, I started having more, um, experiences, you yeah. know, at night and astral travel well, and things like that, is, which is pretty Yeah. What yeah. you want to be careful a little bit um, is just the stimulation. In other words, if we fall asleep yeah. watching the TV, uh, that goes, that, whatever we're watching, whatever's in, that goes in our subconscious and it can, it can overstimulate the consciousness. So you want to think of, again, sleep time as like a whole other phase of your life I know in today's world we're so fast-paced, but how many times do you say, oh, I was so tired, I crashed tonight. We didn't even say we slept. We said we crashed. Right. So we work yeah. like work, and yeah. then we crash. And that's, that's not healthy. It's not healthy physically. It's not healthy spiritually. You want a decompression time. 
You want a time where you're, you're done with the day's activity, you're not sleeping yet, and there's this in-between time where you can kind of downshift and not get overstimulated by things, uh, whether, you know, being or social media or, you know, watching late night shows literally mm-hmm. till you fall asleep. It's better not to do that. It's better to, okay, watch the show, do what you want, but then when you're really ready to sleep, again, go through this downshifting mode, maybe do some reflection on the day in, in the ancient mystery schools. You know, after all the, the, the members had their communal meals, they would reflect on the, on the day. They would reflect on what did they do right? What did they do wrong? How could they do better? Uh, you know, I, mm-hmm. I always wondered why there were the, the mystery schools were still flourishing in the ancient world and more than today. And I think one of the things, there are many things, but one of it was in those days, life was simpler. We didn't have so yeah. much stimulation. And I think we were naturally closer to nature, naturally closer to the spiritual world. Today we have, you know, we have so much artificial environments around us. It can be, and also with electricity, we could, you know, there could be light 24-7. So it's affected our natural rhythms. And I think we just have to remind ourselves, I don't have to be stimulated by all these things. Uh, I love um, Steve Jobs' line, you know, I have to say no a thousand times to the one thing I have to say yes to. Uh, so we have to be mm. careful what we allow to stimulate our consciousness so that we're giving room to, to really give what's essential in our life priority. You know, we, we have to, one of the things in the books that we're trying, the book we're trying to share is, and I'm sure many of your listeners have had the awakening already, that's not accidental. That's God knocking on your door. Uh, do everything you can to make your spiritual growth a higher priority in your life is the reason that you are having these, you know, these interests. Yes. Yeah. It's like you said, you just got, when you started getting into it, you just kept going and going. It's almost, it's like this thirst. And with me, when I awakened majorly in 2013-14, it was like, that's all I, I couldn't get enough of every single subject, every single topic I was right. going to every class that I could and all this and it, it actually it caused <laughs> some uh, it caused a lot of problems in my marriage um, it was tough because I became this different person at, because at that point I was had been married in well I've been with him since 2001 and then here in 2014 I became this woo-woo woman you know going nuts on all this stuff he's like <laughs> what happened to my wife and uh, so um, have you, do you have any advice yeah, or well, anything a, to say about that? Big, yeah. Oh, that's a, boy, we could do a whole hour on that, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a big topic, but you hit on something very important. Um, first of all, I can say, uh, again, I'm, I'm not married right now, but when I, I was like 26 or 27 when I had my awakening and a very happy life, you know, I had a great family upbringing, uh, really good friends, but none of them shared in what I was experiencing. And yeah, they were kind of saying things like, you know, in a loving way, you know, Dimitri's been in California too long, you know, <laughs> come back or whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, Barbara gave me the best advice early on because it was concern of mine because I knew this was real and I knew there was no going back. Once you have this kind yeah. of an experience, you really can't put, it's like Pandora, you can't put it back in the box, you know. Um no. She said, you know, love them anyway. 
And my advice to anybody that's struggling with loved ones that don't understand what you're doing, don't try to change them. Don't make it into an argument. It's, this is not a debate who said he said. Let them be where mm-hmm. they are. Don't try to change them, but honor right. yourself. Don't let them change you, but show love. Because sometimes what happens is it's almost like a, a jealousy. It's almost like, oh, you're having an affair with somebody, not, not physically, but emotionally. Mm-hmm. You know, Barbara said mm-hmm. in the beginning of her work, the single biggest reason somebody left one of her classes was at the insistence of a spouse. Oh, you're spending too much time mm-hmm. with that, Barbara. Because forget whether they even agreed with it or not, they could tell the loved one was having an emotional bond with somebody other than them, and they were feeling left out. So if anything, you want to go more out of your way to say how much you love your loved one. Say, look, this is something right. really important to me. I want you to really acknowledge this. You know, Barbara had a, a good friend that had her awakening many years ago. And her husband, very good man, but, you know, kind of military background and just could not yeah. understand any of this at all. And it got to the point where, you know, there was considering, you know, maybe she was going to leave him. And uh, mm-hmm. this was after, you know, raising three kids and having all the stuff going on. And he must have picked up something uh, because he changed his whole attitude. Now, he didn't suddenly mm-hmm. jump on board with what she was doing, but she gave, he gave her the space, and they end up having like a whole renewal of their, of their relationship. So, you know, you can't, if someone has not had the awakening, and you have, yeah. you, you, you can't compare the two. You know, it, it's not, if I had met Barbara before my awakening, I would not have recognized her mm-hmm. as my teacher. So right. it is a tough thing when it happens, uh, but do your best to love your loved ones. And, of course, Try to find people of like-minded thinking so that you, you can bond. And, you know, Barbara shared this in the beginning, too, when I started. She says, don't be surprised as if as you grow in the light, some of your friendships change. You know, people yeah. that were really meant to be there, yes, they'll stay there. So I have some lifer friends, and I really, you know, value the friendship highly. But some others, okay, maybe this was for this time in my life. But I also want to make room for other friendships. Because that's one of the beautiful things of this work is you're, you're building bonds of friendship that, you know, the ties of spirit run deepest of all. So you're, you're, mm-hmm. you're hopefully meeting new people that share in the kind of interest that you have. And those are wonderful experiences. When we do, we're doing our annual retreat in two weeks down here. And, you know, uh, it's, of course, it's great to receive the blessings, but it's also just great to fellowship just to spend time with each other and say, hey, we're walking, you know, we're brothers and sisters in life. We're sharing this path together. Yeah, when when I first was uh, open, well, I was into metaphysics up until, and all of that, like Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra and Florence Goebel Shin and Marianne Williamson and all of that and The Course in mm-hmm. Miracles. And until then, until that late 2013, where I started getting into the more, I would say, the more witchy stuff, you know, the pendulums and candle magic and tarot cards and um, psychic stuff and energy healing. I became a Reiki master and, and all of that stuff. And I was so excited that I started showing my husband all these videos and sharing. And I was doing, I had a YouTube channel with all these amazing guests like you, and I'd, I'd share it. And then he 
would watch some, but he was like, he felt I was trying to brainwash him. And he said, you're brainwashing people. You're trying to brainwash people. So it's interesting. And it was just my excitement mm. of sharing. So it is interesting right, how, right. how our loved ones or friends, they may think, we think we're just excited. Like, oh, my God, you got to try, you got to try this, you know, Ouija board, or you got to, you know, let me read your tarot cards, or let me look at these crystals, or, or whatever, you know. And they're like, oh, crap, you, you know, my, my friend or my wife or my loved one has gone off the deep end and, you know, so it's, it's, it is a, it, it can I be get hard. Calls it sometimes can be hard. For, yeah, it can be hard. It can be hard, but then, yeah, so it's interesting. And it's sometimes, and friends will, you know, fall away, like you said, and new people come in and there's big shifts, big shifts that, that, that can happen. It, it can happen. But, you know, one of the things I have learned in all of this is that, also, if you find the common bond of, you know, uh, for example, what does metaphysics really teach you? Okay, put aside the phenomenal aspects of it. It teaches you to live a good life. It teaches you to live yeah. an ethical life. What are the laws of the Buddha taught? You look at all the great religions and all, it, it all starts with ethical living. So if you're dealing with somebody that may not be able to understand the more uh, non-physical part of things, you try to tie mm-hmm. it back to, to to the parts that they can connect with. Look, this is about being right. a better person. This is about living a more moral life. This is about living by a higher standards. You know, this is what this is all about. It's a different approach to it, but we're sharing in the same. Because, you know, another thing we have to remember, um, Earth is a schoolhouse and we're all here growing. And we've gotten many mm-hmm. questions. Well, what happens if you don't have your awakening what happens if you're not, let's say you're even a hardcore atheist? Does that mean you're not yeah. growing spiritually? And the answer is absolutely not. It's how you're living right. your life. There are people who yeah. say they're spiritual, but they're not really walking their talk. If you actually see what their life is like, it's a mess. Then you see mm-hmm. other people that don't, that don't have the word spiritual in their itinerary, you know, in their, in their nomenclature. But they are living. You look at the integrity they show, the, the, the sincerity they show, the ethical nature. So they're living that spirituality. They just didn't put the label on it. So Yeah, that's a great point. Best, yeah, yeah. So people are, it's how you're living that matters. Uh, and, you know, whether they believe it or not, they're going to find the truth. You know, God is yeah. there whether you believe it or not. So one day you're going to come to that realization uh, I've actually found atheists usually are reacting to something more than, in other words, it's a, it's a reactiveness either to a certain upbringing or a certain politi- specific uh, uh, religious belief system. But it's, it's, yeah. not, it's, it's a react, and it's almost like the soul is going through a process of redefining. And some of those people have a, a reawakening, you know, on a different level. But, but yes, you don't want to judge anybody in their journey and, you know, also, you don't have to, you know, if you've had the awakening, uh, you don't have to necessarily, let's say, quit your job. And I only can do things that have the word spiritual in it. You can be a great spiritual accountant, a great spiritual, you know, doctor, lawyer. One of Barbara's fabulous experiences in her golden age of Hollywood days was meeting Cecil B. DeMille, the great filmmaker. And she met him on this set, this very close set. And she wasn't, you know, said, be very careful. He's very, he's a little bit strict and all that. And she actually sat in his chair, right? She didn't realize it. And that was like a huge mm-hmm. no-no. 
they were working on the greatest show on earth. She got up to leave and he came and put his hand on her shoulder and she thought, oh my gosh, I'm never going to go on this movie set again. And he turned and, you know, he kind of joked with her and said, well, what did you think of the last shot? And she said, oh, I love it, CB. I love it. But when she turned and looked at him, she saw he had the mystic sight. And he saw mm. it in her. It's not in any biography book. But if you look at the movies he made, The King of Kings, The Ten Commandments. So in other words, his mission was not to be a spiritual teacher. His mission to be, was to be a maverick filmmaker, but he was definitely had the inner mystical power. And they, they bonded that day, you know, because they both could see it in each other. So mm. it's, again, it goes back to your, think of your spiritual growth as kind of like a talent that you're building. But then think of yeah. your purpose in life as how you're serving the greater good. Where, where, how are you contributing to life? I, I like to liken it right. to kind of like, let's say we have to build a cathedral and, okay, you're going to be the architect. I'm going to do the stained glass windows. Someone else is going to do the, free, the mason work. We're all going to do different things, but we're going to yeah. contribute to that greater good. Yes, I love that. I love it. And and anything yeah. that we do, we can bring healing to it, whether we're, you know, a, yeah. a, 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 a cashier somewhere or, you know, yeah. sweeping the streets, whatever. We can bring a blessing, a smile to each, any, any person or we can yeah. still be a, a healer to people. Yeah. And, and all good work yeah. is worthy of work, you know, whatever it is there. Yeah. Now, at the same time, let's say you're doing something and you're saying, you know, I Look at what's happened right now in the workforce, all the people switching jobs now, uh, because they, yeah. they did realize what I was doing up to this point, I don't think really was fulfilling me. Pandemic did cause this sort of global shakeup a bit, uh, saying I better start paying more attention to what I really want to do. So if you're at a job, for example, that maybe you don't think is your ideal, put yourself into it anyway. Do the best job you can. But at the same time, plan your next steps. If you think there's something more you need to do, start investigating that. But don't don't feel bad about what you're doing now, or don't you know? I, I love uh, what Mother Teresa said. It's not what you do that matters. It's the love you put into what you do that matters. Mm-hmm. So if you put love yeah. in everything you do, even if it is sweeping the floor, then that's a blessed experience. Right, and then I like to give thanks for for the job because it's funding what you really want to do. You can be working, like you said, on the side, developing what you'd like to move into. But you know, that's like your investor, your job that you don't really like. At least it's kind of fund. It's funding your next step. So um, yeah, yeah, looking at yeah. it that way. And the same yeah. also with relationships. You know, uh, sometimes we're always looking for that perfect person. And we're missing the opportunities yeah. of some wonderful people in front of us. Uh, and one of right. our comments we say is, don't look for the perfect person. Look for how you're perfecting yourself in the relationships that you're in. That's what's going to give you the satisfaction. There's a kind of a funny story of Socrates, the ancient uh, philosopher. I guess he had a cantankerous wife that would throw things at him and all of that. And his <laughs> disciples would say, uh, well, how do you, why do you stay with her? You know, it's just, well, if I can yeah. live with her, I can live with anybody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was really crafting him. 
Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Um, and what about what about animals? Do you talk in your books about animals? There's for me, they're the oh, highest love, spiritual well, teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love animals. Um, and uh, first of all, as, as I'm sure you're maybe a bit saying, is that uh, animals? Well, okay. So we must remember. Um, well, let me tie a couple of things. So, you know, when we talk okay. about things like the great beyond, uh, we're not talking mm-hmm. about one place. There are many dimensions on the other side. They're very real mm-hmm. places that you can visit, but they're also states of consciousness. So, for example, um, uh, you know, we think of, well, if I've been a good boy, I'll go to heaven. Well, it's not about being a good boy. It's about um, have I earned the power and consciousness to go there? And so it's more like attracting like. So the other side is organized according to levels of consciousness. Well, our evolution is also organized that way. So the, the Kabbalah has a beautiful expression. The stone becomes the plant, the plant the animal, the animal the man, the man the God. So there are mm. evolving stages of consciousness. The animal kingdom is an evolving kingdom separate from human. I know biologically we share a lot of similar DNA, but if you look at the aura of a human, the aura of an animal, they're not remotely the same. Mm. And I'm not saying animals are not intelligent. They are, but on a completely different Mm -hmm. level than human. So they're in a different kingdom. They have not reached the human yet. So the soul that is in the animal is striving Mm -hmm. to reach the human. So when you have a pet, for example, it's not just the loves, the hugs, and the, you know, and petting and all that good stuff. Um, you are there's a transference of energy. The soul, that animal soul, is looking up to you in its evolution in the same way we look up to the angels, who are in an evolutionary kingdom beyond ours. And it's sort of they call it the great chain of life. All these different levels of, of evolution are linked together the lower degrees of development look up to the higher degrees, which is why we look up to the angels. The angels look up to the archangels. It's these, this beautiful alignment and all are working together as part of the unfolding. So yes, help the animals because they are evolving too. And in uh, your love and support of them, you are supporting their evolution. Well, here's a question. I mean, and I think the animals are higher evolved than we are. I mean, the humans are just an absolute mess. We're we're killing each other. We're killing the planet. We're we're you know we we rob and pillage and rape and abuse and and I mean you could just it's I, I it's staggering to me the human um, what we do. But the you have your dog or your cat or something, and they just seem so pure. They all they want is love. And and when I look at my dog, they have, there's that meme that says, "I wish I could be um, like my dog," or as what my dog, um, you know, would. Some, I wish I could be as good as my dog, or something well, like that. So well, yeah. we have to be a little careful. <laughs> yeah, we have to be a little careful yeah. there. Okay, obviously okay. the animal doesn't have the intelligence of the human. Obviously, okay, that 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 goes without saying. So um, what I think we're confusing is animals. Look, there's some pretty wild, rough animals, too. There's some savage animals. You go into certain parts of the wild, you don't want to be anywhere near those animals. 
They will grab you yeah, and, and take you in a second. Yeah, and they're to eat. Yeah, they've got to eat. So but that's, that's my do, point. But, that's my yeah. point. That's my right. point. They are living close to their, they're living closer to their nature. Now, what's happened with the human right. kingdom is it has gone yeah. beyond the animal instinctual level. It is now at the self-aware level where we can have okay. an intellect, where we can build these things now. So what you're, what you're expressing now is our adolescence. We mm-hmm. are still, as a humanity, trying to learn how to harness these greater gifts that we have been given of self-awareness. That's what we're going through as humans. I can give you as many mm-hmm. fine examples of a human being as those that are not a great example of a human being. So there right. are those that have done exceptional things. And the yeah. world, you know, that's what we need to focus on. So we're, 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 we're definitely in the kingdom above the animal. Now, if we look at the animal and say, look how they live in their nature, that should be an inspiration for us to live in our nature, to live the best right. example of what it means to be human. But that is going to mm-hmm. be in a very different dimension than the animals. And we also have the angels to help us aspire to that. Now, I do want to share one other thing because this has been especially yeah. in the last two years or year and a half. Um, you know, we, we do these Golden Chalice Fellowships where we ask for the inspiration of the of the angels in terms of you know, world events and things like that. And the common consistent message that has come through is, of course, there are problems in the world, but mm-hmm. the world is getting better, not worse. We are headed mm-hmm. to a golden age, not a, a destructive age. What we are seeing right now uh, in the world's fears are the projections of our own, of our own worries of what can happen mm-hmm. or what can go wrong right now. If you look at the statistics, for example, of the condition of the world 100 years ago, and you look at the life mm-hmm. conditions today, it has vastly improved. The quality of living, the length of living, the poverty that existed mm-hmm. back then that does not exist today, all those things have been on the uptick for the better. Are wow. there problems? We better believe there's huge problems. But the other thing Barbara has shared and she shared this 30 years ago, and it's kind of coming true now. We are at the, at the end of an age. In other words, we are what they call the tail end of the scorpion. Where is the venom in its tail? So what's happening mm. now are things, things that have been kind of hidden from the view for a while, the ugly right. things that have been hidden from view, are now revealing themselves. It's not that they were not there before. They were, but we didn't see it. And they're saying this is the purifying period. And her example is a great one. She said, imagine there's this boil on your, this big pussy boil on your arm. Um, At a certain point, you may have to lance it. And when you do, all that pus is going to come out. And you go, ooh, that's not very pleasant. But you have to do that. So I hate to say it, but we're a little bit in that Mm -hmm. pussy boil The pus is coming out. The pussy period. It's got to all come out. So that the good can come after that. So you got to focus on that good because that will carry you through these times that are, you know, when there are challenges that are coming because you, you have to be part of that good. You have to be, what did Gandhi say? Be the change you want to see in the world. And mm-hmm. that also saying that you may think, oh, I'm one little peon. What can I do? 
Oh, no, you can do a lot more than you think. If you're holding the truth, if you're holding the light, if you're being the positive change, you are influencing others and you are influencing the world for the better. And, and of course, we're not yeah. doing it alone. We get help from the higher. Um, uh, and um, anyway, since you brought an important point because we've got to get this proactive attitude that we can do some really important things, not only for ourselves, but for the world. Um, because that's how things are going to change. A different generation, they were worried about nuclear war, right? That literally the world is going to mm-hmm. blow itself up. It hasn't disappeared, but that's not what we're, it's in the headlines. Now I think one of the big challenges is the information war. The war of, yeah. of where there's so much ability to get information, but so much of it is wrong. We have to discern yeah. more than ever what is truth and what is falsehood. And I think we're we're in the middle of fighting that battle right now you know it's not a battle with blood and gore at this point but it's a battle of the mind and um yeah you know we need to we need to face up to that be careful we, we teach that as well don't accept things at face value do your discerning you know it's if it has value it can withstand your scrutiny you know the socratic method right. was a beautiful method it was challenge your beliefs if there's a flaw in the belief, you want to know it. And if it's true, it can withstand your challenge. We often want to defend right. our beliefs yeah. rather than be willing to say, am I, if it's what I'm believing, is that really true? Is that really accurate? It's okay to ask those mm-hmm. questions, not in a self-condemning critical way, but an honest, I really want to know what the truth is way. Yeah, and allowing other people to speak. We have such a big cancel culture now, and people are deplatformed, and they are they are um, censored. A lot of censorship now, and and um, so people are fighting for to keep their their podcasts and their YouTube channels up, and their you know things, Twitter or whatever, well, because they they're expressing themselves, and they're that's a challenge. Well, I mean, you we wanted went to say from something about that. And there were three when there were three, what, three major networks in this country, and that was about it. And then, of course, the book yep. media. Now, um, it's so spread out now. There's so many different opportunities because the, obviously the technology permits it now. So uh, there's more yeah. self-expression, I think, than ever before. Now, maybe we're not reaching the same audience. Maybe people have gotten a little bit more, uh, you know, in their niche than before. Uh, we, mm-hmm. I think as a country, maybe uh, 50 years ago, we, we shared more of a common communal expression of things because there was just less avenues that could speak otherwise. Now we can go into our station and not communicate with another. You know, there was an interesting thing. I, I think they called it the fairness doctrine. Um, and I don't know why they took that rule down, but it was an FCC rule that if in news you're presenting one point of view, it was really like by law, you had to show the other point of view. And mm. that I mm. thought was a beautiful balance because it avoided the, 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 the world of the pundits. Not that they're necessarily bad, but if you're only expressing one point of view and pounding that point of view, uh, you're not allowing other, yeah. other thoughts and opinions to enter the picture and it's just not balanced. And if you're not going to get that right. from another place, then you can develop a, ma- a very myopic point of view. So I hope they bring that law back because I think it will balance out a lot of the things in the media world 
as far as uh, mm-hmm. just showing, you know, both sides of the coin and let you, you know, make the decision as to what you want to ex- – exactly. don't tell me what to think. Present to me the information, and I'll decide what to think. So. That's right, critical thinking. So yeah, exactly. your, book is yeah. heaven, your book is Heaven and Your Spiritual Evolution, A Mystic's Guide to the Afterlife and Reaching Your Highest Potential. I love it. And where can – and your, your – um, your, uh, what the website is linked to up back at Blog Talk Radio and iTunes, and um, but just say it here. Which where can people reach you? Yes, well, our our organization is called Spiritual Arts Institute. Uh, we're located in mm-hmm. the San Diego area, but we broadcast all over the world. Um, SpiritualArts.org, and the book Yes, Heaven and Your Spiritual Evolution. You can buy it online in your local bookstore. Uh, again, it's all about what the spiritual growth process is evolving through the dimensions of life and hopefully inspired you in your journey, your spiritual journey. I love it. You've been a fantastic guest, Dimitri, and I love all the things we talked about. And I just want to thank you for joining me today. And um, hopefully we'll be talking again and I'm sending everybody much love. Any, any last words for the listeners? Um, well, again, first of all, thank you for having me on your show and the good work that you're doing. Um, I just, again, reiterate, please do everything you can to make your spiritual growth an even higher priority in your life. It'll give you more satisfaction and a more sense of fulfillment in everything that you do. I love it. All right. Thanks, everybody. Much okay. love. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. If you love this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. For more inspiration and to stay connected, find me on Instagram at The Mystical Matchmaker or my website, MarlaMartinson.com. Much, much love and hope you have a mystical, magical day. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.